Hello, everybody. Welcome to ZNR Sports Talk. Thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. As always, this is your host, Zach. And this is Rob. Thank you again, folks. All right, Rob, let's start where we start out best and let's go to the NFL. One thing we had recently that we can talk a lot about is the NFL draft. Yeah, I loved, I loved watching the first, second round, third round. Uh, a lot of good guys coming out of there. A uh, lot of kids' dreams came true. Um, also, there's a lot of there were quite a bit of people that had uh, family members that played in the NFL, so they're following in family footsteps. It was just a lot of smiles. I see. I seen a lot of happy people. Yes, or during the drafts. Uh, let's see what else we got. My boy Bailey Zappi went to the Patriots. I was glad that he got drafted. Obviously, Bill Belichick. Oh, I mean Belichick. I repeat, Belichick despised the man with a passion. But he is very good at picking his quarterbacks. Obviously, he's the one that brought in Tom Brady. So if Belichick sees something in him, I'd say that says quite a bit. Yeah, and also he also drafted uh, Garoppolo, which uh, traded he traded away to San Francisco, and he took that team to a Super Bowl. So back to your point, uh, he does have a good history with quarterbacks. He does. He certainly does. All right. So we talk, we're going to talk about them. Who else? Do we, uh, we want to talk about the Hawks and yeah, that pick? Okay. Kobe Bryant. Go for it. So the Seahawks had a, a an awesome draft. They they uh, turned around and got offensive line help uh, with Charles Cross in the first round. Then they turn around and they draft uh, back-to-back picks. And they get a defensive end, Boy Mafe. But I think the coolest draft pick uh, coming out of that draft for the Hawks was Kobe Bryant. And not only was he named after the late NBA star who passed away, Kobe Bryant. He uh, is going to wear his old basketball number, number nine, in the NFL. Yeah, he has huge upside. I think that was a brilliant pick. I really did. The one thing that I would say, honestly, quite frankly, baffled me in this draft. Everybody knows by now, folks, I'm a quarterback nut. I love quarterbacks. My brother played the position in college. I've always been obsessed with the quarterbacks. One quarterback taken in the first round, and that wasn't even top 10 pick. What in the world happened to the quarterbacks this draft? I think uh, all the NFL executives and everybody was looking at them and uh, the measurables and the star potential, uh, they just fell, and they fell hard. I mean, even the one that went in the first round, it was at the end of the first round. And someone we talked about previously was Malik Willis, and I was – Pretty blunt then and said, I don't think the kid's that good. Yes, he has potential. Obviously, any of these guys do if they're good enough to be drafted. But I'm just not particularly fond or sold on him. But to fall as far as he did, I believe he went in the third round, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was a steep fall. But they still were happy they were picked. At least they didn't go undrafted because as as they kept falling, I, I was thinking to myself, boy, it is going to be M embarrassing if you get you if you the draft goes by and you don't even get drafted and on a side note mr irrelevant is a quarterback the last time i can remember this happening was 2012 with chandler harnish and you're probably saying i don't remember that name yes he didn't quite do anything in the nfl he was with the colts stuck around for a few years i was cheering him on and he didn't do anything but the niners drafted brock purdy 
as mystery relevant. So I'm pretty pumped to have a quarterback that I can cheer for that was the very last pick of the draft. So wasn't Tom Brady uh, close to Mr. Irrelevant? Yes, that he was. In fact, Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round. We know there's only seven. So, yeah, he was way down the list. Pretty incredible thinking about it now. To be fair, in his draft day, how do I say this, folks? Tom Brady looked atrocious. (laughs) Had pretty much zero positives, and that's why he fell to the sixth round. But what did it show us? That that doesn't always necessarily mean success on the field. Because we've had a lot of guys that were very successful in their draft days and in their pro days. And they went to the NFL, and they were the next Jim Drunkenmiller. And and it also shows and backs up what we were saying about Bill Belichick. I mean, Belichick. Yes, I like that. I agree. Belichick. Yeah, I'm learning. I like it. (laughs) Well done. To see the quarterbacks fall that drastically, wow. All right, now let's get into golf. I've been a big golf fan most of my life. I remember getting out of church when I was younger heading to my bedroom, turning on the TV and watching golf pretty much for three to four hours. Now, I don't really watch golf as much as I used to. I still follow it, and I'm up to date on everything that happens, but I just don't put the time into it. I was an insanely huge Payne Stewart fan back in the day. May he rest in peace. That was an awful way to go. Oh, you poor baby. I'm so sorry, James. Do you want some cheese with that wine? Goodness gracious. What a loser. Yeah, what a sore loser. And on, on top of that, I think I have the world's smallest violin playing My Heart Bleeds for You uh, for him, too. The first time I saw the video is when you showed it to me, because I'm not a, a – I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I, I don't really keep up with golf at all. But I do know the bases of, you know, the Tiger Woods of the world, the Mickelsons of the world. Um but just and I and I can honestly say I've never seen anybody get buttered about something like that. That blew me away. Tiger Woods used to have some pretty good bits back in the day, but when you're Tiger Woods, you can get away with it, mm-hmm. right? When you're James Hahn, yeah, dude, you're not getting away with that. So is Hahn gonna be gone? Yeah, he'll continue, but now he goes to the bottom of my fan favorite list. Not that he was ever even remotely near the top. But goodness gracious, unbelievable. Or the leaderboard. Unfortunately, he's still fairly close. I think he's like three to four shots off. So, I mean, he was kicking butt until somebody started. Chewing some chips. Absolutely. Okay, so something else here, folks. As we've talked about previously, we're both sports cards collectors. Collected pretty much our whole lives. Can't really afford to collect anymore. (laughs) Between inflation and how everything's going and the cost of getting cards graded. I'm sure you would agree, Rob. The top grading company, I would probably say, is PSA. PSA is up there. Beckett's close. SGC is reputable. You know, we got some really good companies that have recently started and they're out there. Rob, do you know how much it is to get a card graded by PSA currently? You know, I want to say the last time I sent a card to get graded, it was about 20 bucks a card. Uh, How close am I? Okay, that's not, okay, it's off, but it's fair. So I set a batch in. It took over a year to get back. And I sent in 20 Tom Brady cards. Can't go wrong with Brady, right? Well, I got one 10. A PSA 10 is like a flawless card. So one is garbage, 
tens the best. I got one ten, and it happened to be the least valuable card of the 20. Thanks, PSA. You're not holding anything back there, guys. Yeah, and, and and usually PSA's a lot softer on their grades than Beckett. Like, trying to get a 10 from Beckett is damn near impossible. It is. It's tough. Here's an example. I'm at work the other day, and somebody comes in, says, Hey, I know you're a collector. I got some cards. I'll bring them in tomorrow and show them to you. I said, Yeah, not a problem, man. I didn't think he would. Skip ahead to the next day. He walks in, and he shows me two Queen LeBron. LeBron James, you might be the biggest douchebag in sports. Amen. Queen LeBron cards, but I will say, I despise the man with the passion. He's he's the epic crybaby, always throwing his opinion in. LeBron, I don't want to hear your opinion. Shoot the damn basketball, earn your money. However, his stuff is worth insane money, huge money. So he brings in these two LeBron tops rookie cards, and they he says, what do you think these would grade out at? And I said, worst case scenario, they're nines. They're super clean. Very, very clean cards. So I said, I would send them to PSA. And he says, well, how much is it? And I said, well, the last batch I sent in was like $15 a card. But that was a year and a half ago. It took a year to get them back. Let's look on the PSA website. Cards to get graded right now through PSA, it's $100 a card. Mm. What in the living piss? $100 a card? You must have to be a doctor or a lawyer to be able to collect and send that and get graded now. Yeah, I second that. I couldn't believe my eyes. I was like, this is a... I felt bad. I says, before I looked it up, I said, I bet worst case scenario, it's 50. But I honestly haven't looked it up lately. I haven't had the money to send cards in to get graded. And then when he said, so it'd be $200 for the two cards? I said, yeah. He said... Yeah, I'll keep them ungraded. Yeah, it's probably a smart choice because he. The, it seems like the way that things are going grading-wise, he probably would have got it back and it would have been an 8. Yeah, exactly. Population control. PSA, I'm calling you out for population control. Yeah, and, the, and the, I think we can thank COVID for a lot of this stuff. One, for the amount, the quantity amount that these Beckett or these graded uh, companies are the volume of cards in which they're getting brought in, which then makes the receiving time that much longer. And I also think that with the COVID, the way that it was, and everybody's staying home, everybody's got time to sit around and send stuff in. I agree. And it's interesting because, like we said previously, we both collected our entire lives. Sports cards right now, are hotter than a flipping pistol. Mm. They are so in demand. I've never seen it like this. Have you? Not once. Not once. And then when COVID hit, I, it, I mean, even common cards that were worth maybe 10, 20 cents in a Beckett were going for 20, 30, 40 bucks. Insane. It really is. Yeah. Cards that, like you said, you could get dirt cheap, five bucks. Then you look them up in the middle of COVID, even now in some examples. And you're like, no, that can't be right. And stubborn people like me that were used to paying $5 refused to pay current price. Because I'm like, hey, man, that's a card I used to buy for 5 bucks all day long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and another problem that we're starting to see in the sports card community is you used to be able to go to Walmart, Shopco, Target, 
and buy blaster boxes or rack packs or you know stuff like that get some cool cards some autographs some some relic cards and now we have individuals going and buying them all the way out first thing in the morning and they're sold out and it's been that way for almost all the way through covid now the problem is my son 16 wanted to you know start collecting cards and somebody else's boy or girl wants to start collecting you cannot get them started on something because there's not there's nowhere to be bought that's 100% true. And if you do find them, they're three times the price they were before. So you just simply can't afford to buy them. Great point. Rob, I have one other topic I want to talk about here, and it's, of course, the Hawks in the NFL. One of their, I would say, most iconic running backs of all time is Marshawn Lynch, also known as Beast Mode and give him his Skittles. He loves his Skittles. Is Marshawn Lynch a Hall of Famer? I'm going to say yes. Yeah, it's my opinion that he's done enough to to warrant uh, a spot in the Hall of Fame. On top of that, I don't think that anybody that's in the Hall of Fame now can stop him or tackle him to the floor. So um, I think he's going to make it. I think he's done enough. He's had a – I mean, he was one of the most dynamic and game-changing running backs in the NFL in his years while he played. And that, and that is what the Hall of Fame is about is were you a difference maker and a game changer while you were in the league? That's very true. I personally have to respectfully disagree. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I think he was a dang good running back, and I'm not talking any negative towards him. I just don't think his statistics are quite up to par for the Hall of Fame. But I will say, I think he does have an argument for it to get into the Hall of Fame. I personally don't believe he's a first-round ballot in any way, shape, or form. I don't think there's a chance, but I think he does have a chance as the years go on to become a Hall of Famer, you know, third, second, third, fourth ballot, whatever that may be. And I will say, one thing that I really am impressed with on Marshawn Lynch is his yards after contact. Yeah, yards after contact. I mean, it was four or five different people having to take him down. He, uh, I mean, you know, all you need to do is think when you think of Marshawn Lynch, you think of the beast quake, the playoff game in New Orleans. And he, I mean, he was dragging that entire defense, pushing people off him, running to the end zone. And that is, and that was a team that the NFL and the, well, the world was saying that they should never have been allowed, been allowed to be in the NFL. They were seven and nine that year, if I remember correctly. Yep. Seven and nine. And, and they weren't supposed to be there playing the defending world champions and kick their ass and my boy Hasselbeck was throwing the rock yeah you know he was one of my favorite quarterbacks for the Seahawks and that's another topic for another day but uh yeah we've had some doozies in Seattle for quarterback yeah Hasselbeck was legit he had his flaws and he loved to throw the game losing interception but he was typically clutch until that point very solid quarterback yeah and you know I was just thinking when you think back to, to a lot of the running backs that are in the Hall of Fame, you know, you think of the Marshall Folks and uh, Gail Sayers and Jim Browns. When you think of Marshawn Lynch, you think of these iconic runs that he had, the Beast Quake and Super Bowl touchdowns. I mean, he should have been back-to-back Super Bowl champions if they'd have gave it to him on the one-yard line. You don't think about other running backs that are in the Hall of Fame like that. And so I just think that on reputation alone might get him in on a first ballot Hall of Fame. And you just mentioned something that I had previously thought about. If he gets the ball at that one, there's no other running back in the NFL history. Would I rather have the ball in that position than Marshawn Lynch? Period. 
Not a huge fan for the Hall of Fame, but I would not want anybody else to have it in that position. I don't think there's any way they keep him out of that end zone. I really don't. And, Rob, if he gets in and scores that touchdown, is that enough to push him in and make him a, a first ballot Hall of Famer? Well, I think it just it would just strengthen his his uh, case for it. I agree. And on top of that, he had just got them down to that one-yard line. I mean, he had ran uh, 10, 15 yards down to the one-yard line. 100%. I agree with that. I honestly believe I'm on the fence. I'm not quite sold on it, but I think that if he gets the ball there, which he should have, are you listening, Pete? He gets the ball there. He scores. I firmly believe that's enough to get him in the Hall of Fame. And I think uh, I, I think a lot of it, too, I didn't want to believe it before, but after hearing, uh, you know, when players get out of the league and they've been out for a little while, they start to tell things that were, you know, from behind the scenes. And I've heard stuff from Marshawn Lynch and Doug Baldwin and the, the Jermaine Curses of the world. Um, Russell Wilson wanted to throw that pass. Russell Wilson is the one who wanted to call that one-yard slant uh, because he wanted to become MVP because of that. It cost Marshawn Lynch, and it may end up costing him, you know, a first ballot Hall of Fame. Yeah, because to me, he was one of my all-time favorite running backs next to Ricky Waters. Ricky Waters was a beast, too. I like that. Very good comparison. And that is why you have coaches. And that is why the coaches should make that decision on the play call, and you don't give too much power to one specific player. Unless, of course, it's Tom Brady. Then you can't really control it. 